Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR. 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Welcome listeners, you're listening to Brainwaves. Just a warning that today's show does include discussion of suicide and self-harm. My name's Rose and this is one of a series of shows Brainwaves is producing in partnership with peer organisation Borderline Personality Disorder Community. Borderline Personality Disorder is one of the most poorly understood conditions. In the studio today, I'm grateful to be joined by two carers of loved ones with Borderline Personality Disorder, Phil and Bernadette. Welcome guys. Thank you. I guess I just wanted to start off with a bit of an idea of what your personal connections to borderline personality disorder are. It's only been quite recently, in less than eight months, I suppose, my daughter was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. But it was after years of us trying to get some help in some way, you know, like you know, various psychologists and counsellors and like, and they, they you know, she keeps telling me, telling us, you know, I've done what you wanted me to do, yeah. get off my back. But we always knew there was something else there. We finally convinced her to see a psychiatrist who said, I think you've got borderline personality disorder. Um, he didn't come straight out and say, you have, mm. but he said, I think you have. Just have a look at these various symptoms and traits and, and the like. Go home and see if you think any of them fit you. And out of the, the nine traits that, that you could say that are there, my daughter fit seven of them. Um, so we sort of go, yeah, okay. And so we started investigating further. And it was through that that we then uh, fell upon a carer's support group. And then through that, a fabulous program that helped my wife and I um, just learn more about borderline personality and what we need to do in that to help the family survive effectively. And that's only just been a recent course that we've just finished in the last month. That must have been quite a relief for your for your family to finally have that thing that fit. It wasn't, it wasn't, from the point that finally, yes, we could say, hey, this is what it is, and, and explained a lot of things. It wasn't from the point, though, that my daughter sort of said, yeah, well, I'm okay, I'm not getting any treatment. Ah, oh, wow, okay. And yeah. and that's, that's sort of where we are at the moment. Mm. It makes it a little bit easier from the point that, that I suppose, at least we know what it is, and based on what we've also learned, we can sort of go, okay, we can't change this. We've got to learn to go with the flow. But it doesn't make life any easier at home. <laughs> mm. So um, how was that support group for you? Well, from the point of list, you know, the very, very first thing that we learned, we're not alone. Mm. And there are others going through it. So, so it wasn't us. It wasn't something that we'd caused. One of the things we sort of learned, in a world there's this stigma of uh, we're bad parents. We caused a lot of this. And that was hard to take. But we've actually found out, no, that's not true. And we've actually found that, that, yeah, there are many, many people going through the same thing and just like us, struggling with getting some help. I think that's one of the misunderstandings I had about BPD was that you had to have some kind of major trauma in your life to have this disorder. But that's not the case, I understand. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. 
again, what we found through the support group, there are many, many people, but why they have the, the disorder? Many, many different reasons. Mm. Bernadette, how, how has VPD been a part of your life? Well, certainly everything Phil is saying about the impact and the issues they've struggled with really resonate with me. And if my kids were here, would resonate with them. Mm. In terms of a diagnosis, that didn't come until after I left my husband, Mm. who I'd been with for 20 years. And it came, that leaving him tipped him in properly to the mental health system. He'd skirted around the edges of that in and out for probably most of the time. I didn't know what it was Mm. when that diagnosis came. I couldn't understand why I couldn't handle something that was borderline. It struck me that I could cope with most things, so why (laughs) couldn't I cope with something that was borderline until I actually found out some more about it. And as Phil said, when I started to read about it and was presented with information, Mm. it was so true Mm. about the person that I'd been with for 20 years or 20 plus years that it was it was frighteningly true and yet many of the things that we were dealing with we thought were unique and rather unbelievable mm. and so <laughs> what how could you explain the impact is actually much longer though than having left I mean I left my husband 15 years ago, probably little 16 years ago, which is quite a long time now, nearly as long as I was with him. But this morning and last night, there was a conversation with one of my daughters around the issues as she keeps trying to reconnect or as one or other of them keep trying to have some sort of relationship that doesn't happen. Logically, they understand that this is just the way it is and that it isn't a reflection on them. But emotionally, it's a really hard mm. road. I guess that's a good jumping off point um, to talk about the lexicon of, of borderline personality disorder and, and what it actually is. Do you guys have a definition that you work with or, or your understanding of that term? Well, I'm, prob- I'm probably a mix of things. I, because I haven't intersected myself properly with the mental health sector Mm. on borderline personality disorder whilst we were dealing with it day to day. Best for me to describe the way some of those traits actually played out. It could be really OCD type behaviour. Alcohol uh, was a big part. I think that was probably to mask that sort of real insecurity and anxiety, incredible anxiety. You never really knew what you were coming home to. Mm-hmm. So the behaviours would swing wildly. In fact, you never really mm-hmm. knew what the next minute might look like, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be fine, but it, but it then That's it just sprung, could springboard off into something that was very... eggshells. Yes, oh, yeah. always. <laughs> yeah. So, Phil, you might have a better definition because mine is a long-winded one. I think the best one, as you sort of touched on it there, Bernard, that was the um, the emotions, you know, the, the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. And... You know, so, so, so one minute my daughter could be extremely, extremely anxious and ready to rip everyone's head off to feeling depressed mm-hmm. to feeling on top of the world and floating on cloud nine. Mm. And then the issue that we sort of get with it is, is that um, as a result of those you know, inability to, to really f- manage those emotions and, and handle them, my daughter would use drugs regularly, cannabis, mm. frequently but not as regularly, ice amphetamines of some sort so that's a real challenge in itself as well there's a piece in there as well about almost no almost no recognition of the no recognition i'd say of the impact that 
emotional roller coaster and behaviours that manifest on the people around them, oh, absolutely. or at least no a bit no willingness to recognise that yeah. there's an impact. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 almost as if it's it's always about my daughter. Don't worry about the fact that you know there's there's impact on on the rest of the family. It's 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 all about her at the moment. You know, my my son, who's four years younger than my daughter, um, is studying, and he's looking at moving out simply because he can't study probably at home. And so so he's actually you know, gone to see if he qualifies for ab study and the like and he's looking to see if he can move out simply because it, it would be so much easier for him at home, at, mm. you know, away from home. Mm. Uh, that's sort of tearing us up a little bit from the point that um, you think, well, yep, I can understand why you want to move out. The reason why you want to move out, though, that's the bit that sort of cuts to the quick. And and then there's there's other things that also happen with it too, in that because of the sort of stigma with it and the fact that it's not really clearly recognised, and and when you do try and explain it to people, it's like, oh, you know, you, you're talking crap. You know, you've just got a a, a child who's just um, badly behaved. Mm-hmm. Well, no amount of discipline right, would make this child behave. So. It's a heck of a lot more than just bad behaviour, you know. <laughs> and certainly I think I didn't try and describe those, but most of the years I think I didn't even recognise that pattern if I, lo- if I wasn't prepared to look at the pattern because that would have revealed for me that I had to do what, what ultimately I did or had to do something. So I would look at today it's good, it's a good day. Mm. Oh, that's good. Oh, this morning it's good, you know. So the, I myself didn't look at those patterns, but the kids would absolutely agree in terms of that piece of trying to ride with the behaviours and ride mm. with the, the lack of impact on their life. My eldest was at one of the schools for four years when her father said to her something about one of the other schools. He had no idea, even though she'd been going off to a particular school <laughs> for a... And it was sort of like for someone who's in year nine or year ten when they're at their own time of change and difficulty it's um that's though you know but they're bizarre things to say to people Mm. because how do you how do you explain that that's only a tip of the eye that's actually on its own actually a bit strange really (laughs) but you know something might not be so strange but um uh, and yet there's there's heaps of those things it has meant that the kids have a conversation with themselves and are close which is different, perhaps, than um, what, yeah. No, my my two children get along. They're very close. There's, you know, secrets they've got about you know, each other that they're not telling us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they do get along. They do get along well, but there's just other things that are just like, no, nah, can't handle that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes walking with someone through mental health recovery can be quite a strengthening and bonding experience. Has that been the case in, in your lived experiences? I won't say it has yet um, because, uh, again, we've only... It's early on. It's yet. still early on. Absolutely. And, again, you know, she's still not at the point where uh, she wants to get some help. Mm. And w- But we, we keep pushing the boundaries a little bit. I mean, there's you know, she's doing some things, but then she's not doing you know, things fully. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. So, so, so yeah, it, it's probably brought my wife and I closer together from the point that... Um, it's when the kids were younger, yeah, I was you know, working a lot, come home, sort of veg out a little bit. Don't do that now. I have to be on my game as soon as I get home because something could have happened or something may happen. And I will also, sometimes I've been the trigger point that's caused things. 
Uh, so so it's a case of yeah, just just from that perspective, you're just yeah, okay. You can't sort of like switch off. That's that's the biggest thing. So from that point though, it's it's enabled us to and my wife and I to go grow closer together because we're in this together. And I think for us, we really we didn't get that strengthening from the recovery side of the process because by that stage we'd left and you know the the teenage years for the kids in trying to have their time with their father was pretty problematic Mm. but the once we were all starting to talk about the experiences yeah yeah, that actually certainly has brought them closer now I'm not saying they're close every day of the you know and they don't annoy each other Mm. but but as I've said to them before in the absence of anything else to talk about when they go out for tea they can certainly make a meal (laughs) out of some of the things they've dealt with in their lives the history (laughs) yeah what sort of self-care techniques or, or tools that you employ to, to make sure you do have time to switch off and, and make sure you are a present carer? That's really good. And, and um, my daughter was using drugs, sure. still is to an extent, but not as much as she was. So we also did a, um, uh, before we found out that she actually had BPD, we, we did a family drugs help um, support group. Mm. And and one of the things that they really taught in that is, is yeah, yeah, you as the carer, you need to have the things that care for you and look after mm-hmm. you. And and we, we sort of looked at the things that we're doing and thought, oh, we've probably been doing it naturally for quite a number of years. Um, we're both fairly involved in our local church. I play the guitar on the music team. I, as a matter of fact, it's myself and the drummer. We are the music team. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's a, a fair out for me. My wife also is involved in St John's. Uh, she's out you know, most nights with that. And also now recently, and, and I'm finding this is helping me, even though the workload is a little bit more. I'm helping out with the BPD community in in, in you know, trying to you know, help uh, in, in a voluntary capacity there. Part of that self-care has been about recognising the, the triggers. And I think, Phil, you said some of the things you would, you would do might trigger. One of those things I remember was trying to think, trying to work my way through what might how conversations might go if you were having them because you never could tell Mm -hmm. if they were going to spin off into something as I've had a greater separation from the day-to-day dealing with things I can recognize that the pattern and so now when I'm working with other people who have uh, who and it's quite actually easy to recognize maybe that's a bit of arrogance but I feel that I can recognize a lot easier those behaviors and the yeah, and the collection yeah. of them now having been there but I find now I can actually work with that a whole lot better because I can tell which way it's going to go I, I know that there's even in its randomness and its um its unpredictable nature there is a predictability to the fact that the behaviors could spin out of control and the kids say the same things in fact in their work they can actually work a lot better with people who have mental health conditions because they actually know it and recognise it. And there, that's a bit of usefulness in terms of your own self-care because you're not then putting your entire emotional stake in that very moment. You're actually reserving a bit for yourself. I think survival was about looking back, being busy and having plenty of interests of my own so that it didn't mm. entirely... Be, I didn't become so consumed day-to-day mm. with being the, the issue and also 
stops you then becoming creating like a codependency as well, which you know you can't survive without this person creating the tension. You know? Yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can survive I can quite survive. well without the t- tension. <laughs> I can survive now quite well with the tension. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting talking to you at very different points of, of your journey, but um, how, how are you feeling in, in terms of your own ability to cope? Uh, I think um, that's been a journey, it, it, absolutely. I'm probably, you know, I say your faults are your weaknesses and mine is that I can willfully and happily ignore what's happening to myself for a very long time until it really bites me. And so there's a touch of Pollyanna in there. But the journey of that validation has, I think I was probably very close to breaking point mm. myself when I left. So it was either survive for the kid's sake and I'd subsumed a lot of my own needs. Now there's a much better sense of who I am myself and who what the family is. I think the recent interaction with the BPD community group has actually been a really another part of that actual validation. Absolutely, because I really, until probably a couple of years ago or 12 months ago in having the conversation, I really thought that we probably had dealt or were dealing with something that was very not very common at all and not, not enough other people would understand it. I, I think the way, you know, one of the things I've sort of seen in myself is that I'm a bit like the fines. I can never say I was you know, wrong. <laughs> I was wrong once, but I made a mistake on that. You know, that's, you know. um, but, um, and so, so yeah, that's where you know, I said, you know, the triggers, I'd be the trigger. Now I've learned to just go, yeah, this is not important. Let's let's just sit back. You can you can say your bit. That's fine. Because you know, it may be worthwhile just, just leaving a go because tomorrow... The, the same opinion on this particular topic could be totally different. Mm. One of the things we've noticed sometimes, like you mentioned it before, Bernadette, sort of like the OCD sort of tendencies. And, yeah, it'll be like, okay, it's this week I'm going to do this, 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 and, and only do that. Right? Next week, forget about that, I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and and to the point where, where yeah, like, you know, and that could be from anything from, you know, like we'll eat eggs and only eggs to next week it'll be we'll eat lamb chops and, and only lamb chops but you know nothing else <laughs> to we'll clean our room every day and so so you sort of go yeah yeah to we'll leave an absolute mess everywhere <laughs> so keeping up's quite a challenge for yeah, you. yeah yeah so so and then you know politics you know you just you don't go there because one day it'll be yep we're all for this particular issue and then you know this issue sucks. That's <laughs> <laughs> tough when you've sided with them to kind of yeah, diffuse yeah, the situation. Yeah. And, and it's probably almost like, well, now that you're on board, that no, 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 can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, I guess something we haven't touched on so far um, so much is is what the, your interactions with um, getting support have been like from mental health professionals. I know, Bernadette, you didn't do so much of that. No, and then when I, when I left and it really did bring in the mental health professionals. I think people were probably as helpful as they could be at the time, but Mm. it wasn't very helpful. Mm. Um, I had a conversation, I remember, with one health professional who was not, I must admit, now I look back, anyone who would have really had the knowledge or skills or information to be of much use. But at that stage, I was trying to figure out to what degree this might actually impact for my own, for the kids, and whether they they had some sort of genetic mm. um, issue, was this going to be something that would manifest for them? How careful did we be? Could there be something mm. we could? And that was even before that diagnosis 
was given. It was still going, what does this mean for for them as they grow older? And there was, I, that person just walked away. <laughs> he just I t- didn't even give me an answer uh, of anything, not even one to say, no, no, you'll be all right and pat you on the back. Mm. Um, but um, when I, the, the interaction I did have was, uh, goodness, we didn't realise he was so bad, was one of them said, and that was on a day when he was particularly good. So because he was really concentrating because I was there. So it wasn't a lot and I don't really think anyone knew much at mm. the end 16 years ago. I don't know that they do no, now. No, many, I many don't think they do. Now. I mean, yeah. I've heard of a pretty bad stigma within the health profession, which is yeah. and, and the manipulation thing again comes up a lot, yep. which is a big misunderstanding of yep. BPD. But it sounds like you were trying to get the whole family involved in in treatment and recovery, which is very much a, a protective thing to do. That's really lovely attribution of that. I'm not sure that I was that coherent about what I was doing, to be honest. <laughs> well, it was an intuitively yeah. great thing to mm. do. I think we really need clinicians to be more involved with with the carers mm. and, and other family members and ongoing as well, not just that initial, yeah. here's what you've got. Yes. Walk away. <laughs> yes. Uh, the other support, I mean, the other support services in the country, and I must admit even as a service provider, that has been our fallback, have been the police. Wow. In the, and that is, that was 16 years ago and it's eight years ago in service provision and six years ago, and which is quite interesting in regional areas and it might even be the same in urban areas, that in the absence of being able to get anybody else to come, if you're worried about suicide or someone going... It's the police. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I just came back from a, um, a rural and, and uh, re- remote mental health conference and, mm. and they're really struggling because the, the service providers that are there are meant to or expected to specialise in, in yes. everything and they just can't. We're just being joined by Barbara from uh, BPD Community, who's the organisation we're working with. It's the same thing with BPD, every which way you look. It's... One disorder with 300 plus different variations Mm. on it. And there is a, there are treatments that work um, and and recovery is very definitely a possibility. But within that, there is a whole spectrum, (laughs) to use a, 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 a good word as a whole way of seeing it and it being different and it's not the same for everyone and mm. and one of the things that is my bugbear if I could get my little bit in is the myths that surround BPD which is based on misinformation which leads to the stigma and the prejudice and the discrimination so one of the things is that a lot of people when they say oh BPD that's right self-harm and no, not everyone with BPD self-harms. Absolutely. I have to agree with that, Barb, because as I said, you know, there's nine characteristics or traits. You know, my daughter fits seven of them. The two that she doesn't are self-harm and suicidal tendencies. I've read stuff where it says, oh, you know, somebody with BPD, you've got to watch out because they're going to be self-harming and they're going to be trying to commit suicide. And I go, well... And so when I first saw that, I thought, well, then my daughter doesn't have BPD. But then when I looked at all the other things, I go, yes, yeah, she does. Well, does she or doesn't she? When she did get the diagnosis, the, 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 I think the psychiatrist was very, very good. He said, he did say, you know, he said, look, 
Now, he explained what he what BPD was. He did say there were these nine traits. He did say, though, that you know, for a, an official diagnosis, you're meant to carry five of these traits. And he said, but from what I've, you know, from the very short time I've spent with you, he said, he said, I can see that you do carry quite a number of these. But he didn't name which ones. He was very, very good with that. And that he, he allowed her to, to actually have a look herself to see which boxes did she tick effectively. A diagnosis is you need to have five of these traits. And I think, um, yes, that's that if my husband had been given a bit that said, you have all of these things very definitely, I, I would have no doubt that he would have then set, aside, set about dismantling and, and producing arguments about why <laughs> he didn't fit them. I think that's probably been a very smart way mm. from the um, psychiatrist's mm. point of view of not, not defining exactly so that the out is not is not there the you know the I'm not like that every day mm-hmm. so therefore and you tell me which days I am like that and when <laughs> I'm like that <laughs> in terms of my husband he didn't he he was suicidal at times when I think about it those times were at times of high pressure but he didn't he didn't self-harm in the way that we think about self-harm he certainly if you put alcohol in, you would say mm. he's self-harmed. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, exactly. And I suppose I was stereotyping the the self-harming, and and to a degree, the the reading material, the self-harming is like cutting or you know, slashing and things like that. Whereas, yeah, drugs and alcohol is still self-harm. Yeah, risky behaviour. Um, risky behaviour. Oh, some of some of the the, the friends of my daughter. Mm, I cringe. <laughs> I mean, I think you know some of those risky behaviours. I mean, when I think about the things that appeal to me about people, it's often quirkiness yeah. and and things that are quite funny, yeah. and and yet that some of those things were exactly those behaviours that actually the other yeah. yes that's right <laughs> the other end of it when pushed to the extreme were risky behaviours and and yet you know many many things we could look at and go that was truly very very funny in a very risky way sometimes i don't know that i want to live in a world full of sane people no No. (laughs) boring i think people with bpd or people with experience of bpd have to be amongst the best people in the world are they they've beautiful souls extra sensitive often Mm. and that sense of quirkiness and difference about them it's 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 a wonderful trait i did want to talk very quickly about the issue of diagnosis because uh, bpd community has got a position paper uh, on that was defined by carers so we've got about 70 odd carers on our email list at the moment and we've come up with a number of priorities. The first priority for carers is getting a diagnosis. It's not just the person with BPD. If a, pers- if a family has a diagnosis, then the family is able to then look to themselves and look at what it is that they are doing that they can do better, knowing that the only, uh, for example, for parents, the only person they can change is themselves. And they can be a support and encouragement to their children but they can't do that without a diagnosis. The second priority for carers is getting treatment. Yeah. Because the barriers to treatment are absolutely so high, so discriminating, so difficult. It is heartbreaking when you think that people are living lives. Um, I know people in old age with BPD, and if they, that's, you know, 70 
plus years of living that life, they could have had recovery and how much is lost. And then we look at in prisons. Mm, absolutely. And studies have shown that in prison situations it can be as much as one in four with BPD. And that is just downright cruel. It is a very, very cruel system, mental health system that we have. And as carers, our priorities are diagnosis, treatment, and then there's a whole list of other stuff as well. At the moment, we're working on our webpage and everything definitely will be there on our webpage. Uh, in the interim, we've got our Facebook page. If you go into Facebook and search BPD Community, you'll find our uh, Facebook page. And there is so much there and you can easily put a question if you want to have a look at the Carers Concerns paper, which I don't think is up at the moment, but we can get it up in a split second. Thanks. And uh, did Phil and Benedict have any parting comments uh, for anyone that might suspect that they have a loved one who might be suffering from BPD on a first step? Well, one of the things that, I, <clears throat> as I said, that really helped us was, first of all, getting that diagnosis. So um, read what you can about it. And if, and if you think you haven't got the right di diagnosis, keep pushing. Keep pushing. Because once, once you get it, once you get it, then, then uh, it, it's like, wow, you, you can then start finding out and, and, and seeing that, one, you're not alone. I suppose the other thing is if, if it, and, and as Barbara's hinted at, it is difficult to get that diagnosis. Look at look at the Facebook page. Would you recommend getting help retrospectively? Oh yes, I think absolutely, absolutely everything that Phil has said, but also about recognising at what point you do get help. So the mistake I clearly made was not recognising that this life we were leading was not. I, I mean, I recognised it, but not accepting that this life we were leading was not not what it should have been. And so part of, I was just thinking then how to explain, how to connect with people is maybe if the life that you're in at the moment with, with somebody else and their behaviour and the way they're working is so uncomfortable for you that you are walking on eggshells, that it is unpredictable, maybe it's not what you grew up with. Maybe it is what you grew up with, but you're not seeing that with in other people's lives. Mm then it really is useful to find someone to talk to, to go, okay, well, is this, but is this mm. normal? Mm. Because there are degrees of not normal about everybody's yeah. life, yeah. but there's also bits where certainly for me, looking back, some outside intervention, even for my own sake, would have been good. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today. Um, it's been really beneficial for our listeners, I'm sure. I'm looking forward to hearing more from BPD community. Thank you, Rose. If you find any of this distressing and need some extra support, you can call 131114 for Lifeline. Tune in next week, 5pm. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.